This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Schmedeke. Today, I'm joined by Vinny Benedetto to talk a little bit about the Denver Nuggets. Stay tuned. Okay, so the last time I talked with Vinny about the Nuggets, um, a lot has happened since then. The sky has fallen. It came back up. Sky fell again. I don't know where we're at right now. I think we're probably okay. So the Nuggets are coming off a three and two road trip. And Vinny, how how are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm uh I'm thinking about a certain college basketball programs game on Friday. In a, in addition to uh, the the final nine games of the uh, Nuggets regular season here. Well, yeah, I was going to touch on that real quick. That you know you were at the Ball Arena for all those uh, those tournament games, and your Creighton Blue Jays are playing. Uh, so they're playing Princeton tomorrow, right? Yep. So um, they're a big favorite. They're a 10-point favorite. I looked on Superbook today. But um, for, before we dive into the Nuggets, what was the atmosphere like there at Ball Arena? It seemed like it was great. It was great, yeah. Um, and it was interesting because the the Denver Regional, you know, we had Gonzaga and Creighton. and um, But we didn't have any of those, like, massive national brands. Yeah. You know, there was no Duke or Kansas or any of that stuff. So it was kind of uh, nice to get. You know, each arena or each corner of the arena had its own little pocket of of fans, and it was pretty evenly dispersed. It wasn't like it was like fifty percent Gonzaga, five percent TCU, five percent Creighton. It was it was a good mix of uh, all the schools there that were represented, and it was yeah, it was a really great time. I think the uh, the teams enjoyed Denver. Um, so yeah, it's probably another feather in Denver's cap in terms of being able to put on these events. And you know, I've been asked before like is Denver going to host an all-star weekend when, uh, you know, when they have this Nuggets core together? And I think, you know, these kind of, these kind of things prove that, you know, Denver can pull these events off. Yeah. So it's been, I think, when was the all-star game here? Was it 05? It was very early in Melo's career because he didn't even make the team, if I remember correctly. So it's been a long time since they've had it here in Denver and that'd be great NBA all-star weekend. It's not like, I mean, God, downtown has changed a lot since 2005. <laughs> and yeah. There would be there's plenty there'd be plenty to do. But anyway, all right. So let's move on to the Nuggets. Um, you know, like I said, since the last time we talked, I feel like a lot has happened in those two weeks, wherever it's been. There were some really bad losses. They lost to the Spurs in San Antonio. Uh, they lost. I, I don't think losing to Brooklyn was that bad. That Brooklyn team's pretty good. Um, but it was a home loss, so people were a little bit upset about that. Mm-hmm. Then they went on this five game trip. Uh, gave up 49 points to Toronto in the first quarter, lost that game, beat Detroit. Um, yeah, that's, you know, they're, they're full blown Wemby tanking. So, mm-hmm. you know, we know what they are. The Knicks game, they could have won pretty, pretty good. I mean, you know, and we can touch in more of those games, but, uh, and then a win in Brooklyn and a win in Washington to close it out. I think if you and I would have talked before that road trip and said, Hey, they went three and two, we feel pretty good. Yeah. I'm with you. And, uh, that that losing that four game losing streak was probably the the low point of the season. But looking back on it, it was just like it feels like they took their their foot off the pedal after they beat Memphis. They got fortunate maybe to beat Toronto in the game after Memphis, and then they they didn't really change their mentality and they they paid the price. And yeah, looking back on it, you probably should beat the Bulls at home. Losing at San Antonio is not a great look. Um, but you look around the, the league and like, I remember a day or two after that Spurs game, you know, I think the Celtics lost to the Rockets, yep. you know, so it's not like 
you know, I, I know a lot of fans kind of get in this mindset where it's like, we're the only ones losing games to these tanking teams. And it's like, I don't think that's actually the case. I think this happens to most teams. Uh, and I think it's just kind of hard. I think a lot of guys after that Memphis game felt like they were going to win the, win the conference, you know, regardless of intensity level or, or started thinking about the break they were going to get. Um, but now it seems like, you know, the rest of the schedule for Denver isn't, isn't a cakewalk by no. any means. And so like, I, if you're looking for games to get guys off, get them rest before the end of the season, there are a couple candidates, you know, like at Houston might be one, but you know, if, if they want to win the conference, they're going to have to, uh, you know, probably win it five of these at least. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because Memphis didn't really drop off that much when Ja was out. They're still right there. Sacramento's lost. I think they're, I think they're five, five and, and a half, half now yeah. and Memphis is three and a half or are they full four, three and a half or four. It's three and a half. Yeah. So, you know, and Memphis is still playing all out. I mean, they, they actually got a good run from the Rockets at home last night a little bit. So, so to your point, like there are these games where you're like, what's happening right now. And I think that's just the NBA in March, but you know, you talked about this upcoming schedule, they're at home for the next three, but those next three are Milwaukee, Philly, and New Orleans. I New Orleans always gives them trouble, but I don't know what New Orleans is doing half the time. But but what do you think about these upcoming home games? Plenty of challenges. Also, Milwaukee and Philly will be on back to backs, right? Yep, both those are on back to backs, and uh, they both play in Utah the night before. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a a big uh, big weekend for MB, MVP discussion, and yeah. you know we've heard a lot about it recently in terms. You know, Malone again last night kind of spoke to how how gross kind of the the whole direction or the the whole discussion has gotten recently but I agree with him completely. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think you're going to you know Saturday and Monday are going to be a lot of fun cuz you look at Giannis and and Embiid I think they should prioritize playing in Denver. Um maybe their coaches want would prioritize getting the win in Utah right. and, and saying, Hey, we'll, we'll live with 50, 50 on this trip. Um, but I, I think these are, these are two games where, you know, the last six or seven games, you can look at the nuggets intensity level and start to understand, you know, okay, it's, it's understandable not to get up for a game against the bulls or against the spurs, but you've got these two teams that are, that are contenders in the East um candidates in the mvp discussion and i know nicola doesn't care about the award but like other people on the team should care about the award and want to want to play well you know to to put nicola in in the in position to have as good of an argument as he can have so yeah i think these next two i think it's really important that the nuggets kind of display that that intensity level that they're gonna want to play with uh into the playoffs yeah you know with the nine games left i was kind of looking at it even if they go five and – I mean, I think I saw somewhere if they go five and four, Memphis would have to go nine and oh or so. I mean, you know, it, Memphis would really have to get hot to catch them. So they're they're probably in pretty good shape. But, you know, they still see – it's weird that they're still figuring things out with nine games left. And, I mean, I feel like we talk about the bench every time, but I, I want to ask you about it again because, I mean, Christian Brown has to play. I think we've just determined that, that he's playing. Reggie Jackson was clearly – bought out for a reason I, I don't know like he just looks so I was at 
I watched that Brooklyn home game live. I, I went as a fan and he like, he didn't really seem to know what anybody was doing. So I think it's probably best he's out. So again, I, I've asked you this a hundred times, I feel like, but what is the bench unit? Is it Brown, Brown? Is it Zeke Naji now? <laughs> it appears to be Zeke Naji now. Um, so yeah, I think the way you kind of have to go about this is you have to like reverse engineer the bench, I guess, or, or you know, work from, the most sure thing down because it's, you know, I, I still think in the playoffs, they're going to stagger two starters with the bench. So I think, you know, that's going to leave three reserves to play a majority of those minutes. And I think Bruce Brown is definitely, I think he's the first guy in that reserve group. He's definitely in, you know, yeah. Malone trusts him in those playoff situations. I think Bruce Brown is going to be out there for sure. Even though his offense has been bad lately. Yeah. He, yeah, it's been inconsistent. He's had some flash. I mean, he's he's had some flashes, but it's not like anyone else in that bench unit. Well, <laughs> is like, they can't score. Their I offense mean, has been great. I think last night it was they scored eight points in the first half, and they were all by Jeff Green. Yep. So. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Bruce is the first guy Malone trusts off the bench. I think Christian Brown is, is quickly becoming number two. And then I think the third one, it's going to come down to do you want to – a, a traditional a, a traditional center's body a guy like Thomas Bryant or maybe DeAndre Jordan or do you want that Zeke Naji we can switch everything and I think you know these last two games have been it, they've been Zeke nights and I think that's going to continue you know Malone seems like if it's not broken don't fix it kind of guy so when you've won two in a row I think you roll with uh roll with Zeke and until you run into one of those matchups, maybe where you, where you need a, a traditional backup big kind of guy. Um, but yeah, right now I think it's Bruce Brown, Christian Brown and, and a big of some sort. And then I think Jamal is going to continue to stagger. Cause it sounds like Malone thinks it's really important to have either him or Nicola on the court at all times. Um, Which wasn't the I, case in the past. I remember playoff games where he would sit them together and I would be like, what are you, what's going on here? Right, that might be a new thing uh, since since the injuries, um, and I and I still think we haven't seen much of it. But I still think either staggering Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. with the bench is something that that's got to happen in the playoffs. Just because I I, I just don't know if the production is going to be there consistently from a from a Jeff Green, and it I don't know where where Vlatko is at in his return, but he he seems like he hasn't gotten the minutes of late. So yeah, I think it's. Christian Brown and Bruce Brown are going to be the two guys you're leaning on off the bench and then figure out uh, a big to play it, uh, depending on the matchup. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the MPJ with the bench thing, because wouldn't that be a perfect situation to uh, let Mike cook a little bit? And, you know, I mean, because there are times where he's not, he's been unbelievable lately. He, he this is the most complete I think I've ever seen him play. He, he's been great lately with the drives of the rim and all that stuff. But, you know, if it's hey, this bench isn't scoring, who's better than our six ten wing guy who can shoot threes all over the place? Yeah, and he, he provides a level of spacing. I mean, you look at the bench in the past, and it's you know they haven't had they haven't had a shooter out there really to space the floor. I mean, Christian has the tools to be a good shooter. I think he's just you know hasn't hasn't consistently knocked him down. Bruce has been up and down as a shooter. Reggie hasn't made shots since he's been here. Zeke hasn't taken a ton of threes. So you just, you look at, you know, the guys who are probably going to be in that group and you don't have somebody who's a reliable 
knockdown shooter who who coaches you know just can't can't leave or can't help off of so yeah I think Mike would be he'd be interesting and I think he kind of deserves the the chance to to showcase you know more parts of his game because when he's in that starting lineup and their offense is so efficient he kind of gets reduced to uh to a floor spacing role sometimes where it's stand in the corner and make him pay if if they cheat off of you um but we've seen in the last couple of weeks I think Mike's done a really good job of attacking closeouts putting the ball on the floor once or twice and finishing he's he's dunked on people you know a couple times in the last few weeks uh so it looks it, it looks like he continues to feel better and better and uh, yeah I think some minutes with, with the bench would uh kind of help him showcase the 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 depth of his game yeah you know he can he can jump over anybody I mean, you know, he's bigger than almost everybody out there. So it's, it's, would be kind of, it'd be interesting to see him with that bench unit. But, you know, so I want to touch on a little bit on the playoffs now, as, you know, the, the West is so whatever, ever changing. Now Paul George is out for the rest of the regular season. So they're still sitting in the five slot, but they're a half a game behind Phoenix. I don't know what, I, I guess Phoenix just coasts to the end until Durant's back. I mean, they lost again last night to the Lakers. Um, yep. So, you know, but that whole jumbled mess, you know, I, I don't want to overlook what the Nuggets have in the first round, but if they're, you know, in the second round, if it's Phoenix, LA or golden state, nothing's going to be easy. Yeah. This is a, uh, this is not the way I'd want it to be shaking out. If I'm a Nuggets fan, just be, yeah. Whoever you get in that second round, assuming Paul George is healthy, like it's looking like it's going to be a battle regardless of who you get in that second round um the one good thing is one of those teams will go home after the first round that is true that, <laughs> you don't have to worry about one of them but i guess at this point you know if paul george isn't 100 i guess i i'd i'd want the clippers if i was a nuggets fan but i i mean each one of those teams you look at and it's like this can get this can get scary for denver pretty quickly so okay. You know, and we, we've talked about how, you know, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. He can play with anybody you put out there with him. But he's played three games with these guys. And, you know, they're right now, they're, I mean, they lost to OKC, who's in the eighth slot now, and, and they lost to the Lakers last night, like I said. But how much continuity is really going to be there with them? I, I mean, I and again, like he's Kevin Durant, but still three three games with those guys. And they didn't play any defense in those games. They outscored everybody all the time. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's something that can uh, can be an issue, uh, especially, you know, if they have – it looks like the Suns aren't – you know, they're going to have a heck of a first-round matchup to worry about as well. Right. And it's one of those things where it's just like you're not going to have the luxury of, you know, playing a, a seven or an eight seed who really, you know, isn't much of a threat where you can figure some things out. It seems like, you know – if if the Nuggets are able to get through the first round, they're going to have the opportunity to look at their second round opponent and probably have a at least a five or six game study in terms of all right, here's here's what their opponent attacked them with and worked and because I yeah I think whatever that four or five matchup in the first round is going to be is going to be incredibly intense, um and and so the Nuggets should have the advantage of being able to take some things away from that but but yeah I mean. You put you put Devin Booker and and Kevin Durant on the floor together, and that's just a whole lot of talent and creation and shot making ability where continuity kind of figures itself out. Because it, I I just think it's going to be uh, pretty pretty seamless for them. They will have some things to figure out, especially with with the uptick in intensity and 
in preparation that is allowed in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I think continuity is, is a big deal, but maybe not a huge deal for a team with Kevin Durant on it. So we kind of, you know, I jumped past the first round, but I'm looking at the play-in standings right now. So you got Minnesota in the seven, OKC in the eight, Dallas is nine, which whatever. Uh, and then the Lakers are 10 right now with Utah and New Orleans right back there too. You look at those five teams and, you know, the Nuggets will get one of them because, it, I, well, maybe, I guess Golden State could still drop. They're only a game. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> man, what a mess. Uh, but anyway, you look at those five teams I just mentioned. You don't want the Lakers, especially if LeBron comes back. No one wants that in Denver. No, no one, no one can handle it. Dallas, I'd take Dallas if I was the Nuggets. They don't play any defense. Like, I I don't think they figured out the Luke and Kyrie thing. They have no one to guard Jokic. So that'd be a good I mean, and then OKC has given the Nuggets trouble. And Minnesota, who knows? So that that's that's kind of what I got. What do you think? I mean, what is the best matchup there? Is it Dallas? Is it OKC is it or it could be Utah, but the Nuggets don't like playing in Salt Lake. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Nuggets would be pretty thrilled. Not thrilled might be too strong, but would happily accept Minnesota, Oklahoma City, or Utah. Yeah. Um and I've said before, you know, I think right after the Mavs traded for Kyrie that that wasn't a matchup that really concerned me to your point because of the lack of defense. Um, you know, they don't have a ton of continuity. We just talked about continuity. They don't have a ton of it because they've had they've gone through a stretch where both Kyrie and Luca have missed games. Um the only thing that really would concern me about Dallas is they have that playoff experience. Kyrie's played in NBA finals. The rest of the group pretty much, you know, played in the Western Conference Finals. Um and I hate saying this, playing Luca, you gotta be ready for the refs. That you do. Uh he might have they announced a fine for his uh, gesture today? I didn't. I didn't. No, see I haven't it. seen anything yet. No, but I. But I think his wallet might be getting a little lighter. <laughs> um, and, and maybe maybe he uh, isn't in the best graces of the referee uh, community today. But um, yeah, that is something you have to have to look out for. But yeah, I think if you can avoid the Lakers in the first round and for the Nuggets, I think you should be in good shape. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone around Denver wants uh wants LeBron and AD coming in here with their with their revamped roster. And you know, New Orleans is lingering down there too. They're only a half a game behind Dallas and the Lakers. Man, Dallas is under 500. That's crazy. Are they under 500? Are they one game yeah. under? Yeah, wow. Um uh, but if Zion comes back, that's always a big if. I, I wouldn't want anything to do with them either because Ingram is too good. Um and like I said before, like, you know, that's the easiest of this three-game homestand, and New Orleans gives them fits all the time. Yeah, and, and with, with Zion, I think I'm with you in terms of the update yesterday that he'll be reevaluated in a couple of weeks, which puts him at, like, what, like a game or maybe yeah. two before the playoffs start. So I'm just kind of in this. I'll believe, I'll believe a, a Zion's plan when I see him announced in the starting lineup of a game. Um but yeah, if he's there, they're certainly scary. Um, I'm a big Herb Jones fan. Yeah. Um, and he always seems to play well against the Nuggets. Um, but I I just worry about, you know, is it smart for the Pelicans long term to to rush Zion back for for whatever you know is left of the season? I just don't know if 
even if they're fully healthy, I don't know if they're a team who could make, you know, a Cinderella run. So I'm just, I'm curious if they're kind of at the point where let's hold on to our spot. You know, they could have a, you know, if the Lakers don't make the play in, right. Pelicans could have a, a lottery pick. It, it, you know, there's a whole lot of math going on in terms of what, what draft positions could be. And, and, you know, the Pelicans have a, have a really strong young core. Um, I just don't know if they, they have enough time to get it figured out to make a real threat. Well, and that's the thing is that's a good point because if they, why rush him back to get the 10 seed and you have to win two games and then go play a seventh game series. Like that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't seem smart. And, and, you know, the who knows with the Lakers who, I mean, they, they're so up and down like the rest of the West. So there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about with uh, last night's game, you know, the Nuggets kind of coasted through that first half and it sounds like Jamal Murray stepped up and said something in the locker room and got the team going. Uh, I know you weren't there, but you know, what, what have you heard about that? And it really seems like, you know, Nicole is Nicola, but, Jamal Murray sometimes is the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah, yeah. I was just listening to Malone's post-game press conference, and it was just all about throughout the season we've heard the leadership is coming from the DeAndre Jordans and the Jeff Greens and the Ish Smiths of the team. They're all very experienced guys, but they're not guys who play a ton of meaningful minutes. Yeah. Um, and it sounded like Jamal kind of on the way to the locker room was kind of getting on the guys for how lightly they were taking the game. Like they were, you know, just playing around, messing around. Um, and I think that's important because every year we hear, you know, oh, Nicola's grown as a leader. He's more vocal. Um, but it's, I, I just don't think it's in his personality to kind of, you know, get into teammates and, you He's know. a very lead by example kind of guy. Right. And, and you know. I think I think it's kind of nitpicking to say I think Nicola does enough for the team where he can get away with with the lead by example stuff especially um you factor in he's he's speaking in at at best his second language I can understand right. <laughs> I can understand he's a guy who's had things you know lost in translation before um yeah I I think people would listen to him obviously in the locker room but I just don't think it's kind of his style He's he's kind of mentioned before, you know, when people get into asking him different things, he thinks the coach's job is the coach's job. The general manager's job is to assemble the team. Nicola's job is to play the right way and play at the best of his abilities. Uh, and, and he does that, you know, whenever he's on the court. So I don't I guess at this point, I would be surprised if one year he shows up and all of a sudden he's giving rah rah speeches. We've seen him kind of, I think, take the clipboard in yeah. a timeout. And, and so it's not like he's totally disengaged. I just don't think he ha has, uh, I don't think he sees being the rah rah guy, the guy to challenge a teammate who's going through a tough stretch. I don't think he sees that as part of his job. Um, and I think that's something, you know, Jamal doesn't shy away from confrontation, whether it's with, the media, <laughs> with, with an opposing team or, or with an opposing fan, you know, he's, he's ready to well, you got that guy thrown out in Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he's ready to mix it up if, if if the situation calls for it, and I think that can be valuable. Um, and then a guy like Kentavious Caldwell Pope, you know, he's he's the one guy on this team I think that has a championship ring. I think he's somebody whose voice carries a lot of weight with this team, especially when you consider kind of his role. You know, he doesn't he doesn't play outside of himself on offense. Defensively, he's going to be the guy who's taking on the the hardest assignment uh, on the perimeter. 
Um, so I think I think there's enough leadership from um, other guys playing meaningful minutes um, where where that's something that Joker doesn't really have to uh, consider part of his responsibilities. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up KCP because I was going to ask you because Malone had that comment that we didn't get KCP for the regular season or something like that. And yeah, he's one of the few guys. Is he the only guy in that locker room with a ring? Or was Jordan or DeAndre Jordan on a team that won? No, I don't think so. No, I think it's I think it's just KCP. Yeah. So I mean, him, he is going to be his shot hasn't been falling lately, but him in the playoffs, he he may be, I mean, besides the main guys, he may be their most important player. Yeah. And especially he's you know, you look at the teams they could be facing, you know, if it's Luca, I don't know if he's a great matchup there, but you know, he could he could certainly guard Kyrie. Yeah. Um Aaron Gordon's chasing Luca around, probably. That, yeah, I think so. But yeah, then you get into if you're looking at Golden State, like he's a he, KCP is going to be a huge part of this playoffs defensively for sure, um, and offensively, you know, yeah, the shot hasn't been falling. I think, I think he's maybe a guy who's going to benefit from that week when the play playing games are yeah. going on from the end of the season that week to the playoffs because he's a guy you just look at. He's always running in transition. He's thrown his body into screens trying to draw offensive fouls. I just feel like he might be one of the guys who's who's you know got a growing list of bumps and bruises. And I think his right wrist has kind of been bothering him throughout the season. We haven't heard much about that of late. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if if he caught a bump on the wrist and, and that might be behind some of the shooting stuff. But he's a... Uh, He's a really important part of the team, and I think him and Aaron Gordon are kind of maybe the the guys who can elevate this team to another level because we know what you know Nicola and Jamal and Mike can do together. Um, so those two guys, I think, are really the the ceiling raisers. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Gordon. Now that you mentioned him, he seems I don't know if the ribs are still bugging him, but there are times where he does not seem like himself since the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, I think the ribs were were the start of it, and now it's kind of uh, Nicola's always going to be so heavily involved. Same with Jamal. Um, you know, it's 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 those two in the two man game for for you know significant stretches, and I think with Mike taking on maybe more of an offensive load, it just doesn't leave the same amount of room for Aaron to to have those, you know, bigger offensive nights. Um, he struggled at the free throw line. So I wonder if that's kind of something where, you know, we used to see him just be so tough and so strong around the basket, put back dunks, offensive rebounds, that kind of stuff. I wonder now if the free throw stuff has kind of gotten into his head a bit where it's gotten to the point where he doesn't want to want to go to the line or if he's thinking – thinking about getting fouled when he's going up. Um, he had a pretty efficient night last night. Yeah. You know, only 12 points, but he did it on six shots, hit a couple of threes. Um, he get the threes, you know. They were 10 feet off of him last night. <laughs> and that's something he's going to have to deal with. I think that – I think opposing teams are you – know, depending on the matchup, of course, but I think a lot of teams are going to try this. Let's start a bigger-bodied four on Nicola – and have our five roam around the rim and dare Aaron Gordon to beat us. So, um, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been his best best stretch of basketball this season in the last couple of weeks. But uh, 
they're going to need him to figure out something and play with some confidence if, if teams are going to dare him to shoot. I'm not saying he needs to take a ton of threes, but if he's at 17 feet and teams are teams aren't guarding him, he's, he's got to be able to do something, whether it's putting it on the floor twice and attacking the rim or, or you know, getting comfortable with a mid-range or a three-point jumper. So I think we probably won't talk until we're getting – we're right on the cusp of the playoffs. So I want to ask, what, what do you think they go in these last nine games, record-wise? Just a rough guess. Yeah, and yeah, and you mentioned it earlier. I think if – yeah, if the Nuggets go six and three with the tiebreaker over Memphis, they can't be caught. Yeah. Um, and, and with every game Memphis loses, that number comes down. You know, so Memphis loses the game, the Nuggets only have to go five and four. Um I, so I think that's the most likely outcome. I think the Nuggets can go five and four. Um, they probably lose one of those games in Phoenix. Probably one of those. Um, but hey, these next two I think are are going to be super interesting. They've got to be up way, for these two. I can't see you, how they couldn't be. Right, and if you find a way to win both of those, I think that kind of sends a message that we're you know we're done playing around. Um, Three-game homestand, yeah. And if you win the first two, you got to feel good going into that Pelicans game. Um, probably lose one in Phoenix. Um, that game against Sacramento may mean absolutely nothing the last game of the year. That's that's an Ish Smith starting a point guard game, possibly. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> you know, with with Golden State, you know. Oh, yeah. And and, and Phoenix, those are games where that could be a, a second-round matchup. Maybe, you know, maybe if they win the first – maybe if they win the next three, they're at a point where like, let's not show Phoenix or golden state much of anything. Is golden state here? Yeah. Yep. I yeah. Yep. So uh, that, that is noticed to all the fans. If you have a young child who is a fan of any of the stars <laughs> coming to town. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. may want to, may want to look at your tickets and, and consider a, uh, a plan B because getting to the point of the year where i'm not sure if uh stars are going to be what playing lunch. i'd have to imagine golden state needs every game they can so i'm sure their guys will play but yep. i you're probably talking more about the nuggets side where there could be just days where it's jamal sitting or someone is sitting so so yeah i mean six and three so that would give them 55 wins yeah yep. so i mean that's 57 is their record so i mean that, that's a pretty good season and you know you and i talked about defensive numbers in today's nba 55 wins in today's NBA is pretty darn good when you have guys resting and all that stuff, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that was kind of, I remember talking earlier in the season and that was kind of where I think we ended up was that 55, 56 yeah. win range. I don't know if we thought that was going to be enough to win the West. No, uh, no. But, but I, yeah, I think that's about in line um, with what expectations were. I, I'm sure that's, what was what was the do you know what the Vegas number was at the start of the year? Was it 49 and a half? I, I was gonna say it was either 48 and a half or 49 and a half. Okay. So, um which was yeah, I remember telling Paul that that's super low. That's that's unreal for 48. That, that was so unreal. Yeah, well well that's good news for Nuggets fans. I'm I'm almost hundred percent sure they will they will get over the uh 50 <laughs> threshold. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah. Uh I think five wins the rest of the way gets them the one seed. And I think that's really the only thing they should, they should care about. If they somehow win five in a row, I think it's time to start resting guys. Maybe not all on the same night, but get Jamal a night, get Aaron a night, anybody who's playing meaningful minutes, I think uh, should start thinking about 
putting themselves in the best position to be at their best in the playoffs. Real quick, I take it there was – I know Jamal Murray hit his finger yesterday. I take it there was nothing with that. Did no one say anything about it? I haven't seen anything. Okay. Um, I know he was grabbing it a lot there for a while, but, I, I mean, they're not resting these next two games. They're, they're playing these next two games. Right. And, and, you know, of all the things, I don't know if – I think anyone who's played basketball before has jammed a finger pretty yeah. badly. Yeah. Um, in my experience, those weren't things like like a sprained ankle where you wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, my ankle is yeah, it's know, purple and... in size. Yeah. Like fingers, I feel like I feel like those are at their worst, like right when they happen. Yeah. And then they slowly get better. He stayed in the game. I think he made a shot or two after the fact. It was certainly bothering him, but uh long-term concern. I don't think there's uh much there. All right, man. Thanks for uh, coming on and talking a little basketball and a little nuggets. Uh, like I said, we will probably catch up right before the playoffs. The hard thing is we will not know the nuggets opponent until after all the play and stuff, but yeah. So uh, Vinny, thanks for coming on and we will talk to you again later. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.